Learn how to alter your DNA. Expand your consciousness. Heal your body. Attain oneness. Sound, light, heat, vibration, and emotion. Changing us. Learn from the masters and grow wise. Hello and welcome to Health in Action Live Radio Podcast. This is Annette Blanchard, Holistic Health Practitioner, bringing you 60 Minutes of Healthy Talk Radio and planting seeds of hope and exploring possibilities for healing. As most of you know that have tuned in before, our intention for the program is to bring you something of value, whether it's information, resources, education, practical tips, or a new perspective in the possibilities for healing and self-care strategies that can help restore balance. Now, when we look at this new era that we're in, where mindfulness and any new up-and-coming self-care technique one can adopt to reduce the increasing levels of stress that continue to weigh us down and wreak havoc on our mind and body, people are usually really hungry for. It's a day and an age where the words natural, organic, holistic, and non-toxic lead the way when considering self-help tools to help our body restore that balance that we're all striving for, and many times to help our body heal um, from a health condition that we're suffering from. The past several years, a number of ancient therapies have reemerged in a really big way, and especially with the growing amount of clinical and scientific research to back it. In fact, today we're going to talk about a therapy that's begun to be integrated in many clinical environments, including world-renowned alternative cancer clinics, which is really kind of exciting. So one of the things is we're going to talk about a non-invasive, non-toxic modality that's a tool that can actually help facilitate healing on a cellular basis, and it has a domino effect therapeutically on many levels as well. You might as even call it fitting into the category of energy medicine or quantum healing, because when we look at that, that includes a broad spectrum and many different types of healing modalities that use a specific specific frequency or uh, a specific vibration for a specific outcome. For example, in sports and injury rehab, we use something called ultrasound. Ultrasound uses a specific wavelength that creates heat. If you were to put water on the end of an ultrasound device, you would see it start to bubble. And if I put that heat on your skin, I always want to make sure that there's uh, something that creates a contact and allows that ultrasound to move otherwise it would burn you that heat is used to warm the tissue promote uh, oxygen to the tissue and increase uh, the speed of which the body heals through promoting that circulation process now with cold laser cold laser also is used to accelerate healing except it uses a different wavelength I use like an 830 um, microlight uh, is a, a device, a, a cold laser, that creates a, a specific wavelength that, again, increases the metabolism in the cell and the mitochondria, that, again, increases the circulation, speeds healing, uh, minimizes pain relief, etc. So we can take a look at um, 
this particular topic we're going to talk about fitting into energy medicine or quantum healing. It could also include the use of color, light, aroma, sound, because those are all things that integrate a specific frequency. So today we're going to explore the use of light and thermal therapy as a healing modality or a tool that can help you restore balance in both your mind and your body. It's simple, it's cost-effective, uh, cost it's affordable, and not only that, it's practical and an easy thing that you can do and integrate into your wellness uh, regime in the comfort of your own home. <coughs> Excuse me. One of the things we're going to talk about today is the use of um, infrared uh, therapy and near-infrared. What is the difference? The use of saunas. Years ago, when I used to train, I used to pop into a sauna that was at this uh, this uh, gym that I was working out at and training. And what was awesome is after I did a workout that would make you sweat really good, you would be really relaxed, I seemed to sleep really well, except the heat would burn my nose, you know, which was sort of a little bit of a disadvantage when trying to do sauna therapy. But today we're going to talk to an expert on um, sauna therapies, and he's done a tremendous amount of research, and many times, as you know, our own experience leads us on a journey of discovery, and necessity is often the mother of invention, and such is the case with our special guest, Brian Richard, who is the founder of Sauna Space and a company dedicated to the development of quality tools for helping people discover their pathway to healing. Great things are often founded on a need. And as the founder of Sauna Space, let's talk about um, your healing journey. And I'd like to welcome you to the program. Thank you, Annette. I'm, I'm so glad to be here. Well, first of all, when you first got into the development of your com uh, your company, you had a personal experience as well. Let's talk about your healing journey first and what actually got you on the path to developing, you know, the product that you've now have developed. Yeah, of course. Uh, uh, way before Sauna Space was even an, an idea or, or a whiff of an idea, um, I, I didn't care about any of this stuff. I was getting out of college and, you know, finished my, uh, got my degrees and uh, was planning on going out in the world and making my way. And I had some frustrating health issues that were uh, kind of uh, intractable. So I was dealing with adrenal fatigue and some pretty weird uh, body acne only on my torso and, and also a lot of symptoms that are associated with adrenal fatigue, brain fog, lethargy, uh, negativity, kind of a you know negative mindset, and but but I was young. I'm still young, but but then I was really young, and and it didn't make sense to me that I would have these problems. And what really struck me is um, what really struck a chord with me was when I was talking to uh, a dermatologist, and he recommended Accutane to me. So Accutane is a pretty problematic pharmaceutical. Uh, you know, people who take Accutane are not supposed to donate blood uh, forever, and uh, it has associations. I uh, with I believe liver cancer is the one, but it's 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 it's, it's uh, a very aggressive chemical uh, use, and I just thought it was so invasive and so outrageous. So when I started reading about it online, that I said, "Huh, I'm not going to do this this way. I'm going to do this my own way. I'm going to do it." a natural way, a, um, 
you know, a, a way that focuses on the root causes of, of the problems I was having. And that got me started on my journey uh, um, of self-education. I went and started Google searching just like everybody else. Um, and I did a lot of research. Um, I, I love to read. I love to learn things. And I kept coming back to sauna and, and, and toxicity and, and toxicants as being one of the primary factors in development of disease. And so accordingly, uh, a sauna um, is, you know, not just this modern device that, that's uh, increasingly popular, um, thanks to us and thanks to other people in the sauna world, but it also uh, dates back centuries, actually thousands of years. Every, almost every human culture on Earth has some kind of sauna therapy or sweat lodge tradition. The, the Japanese and, and Korean hot pools, the, they, they, in in, in Gaul and in Ireland, they had uh, they had little sauna holes in the ground and sauna caves, and of course the native um, Native American sweat lodges. So there was both this ancestral wisdom and tradition, but then there's a lot of modern science too, a lot of clinical studies, long-term human studies on how amazing sauna is for things. In fact, there's a 20-year Finnish population study that came out in 2015 that uh, very powerfully demonstrated that that disciplined sauna use reduces all-cause mortality, which means you live longer with less chance of dying of all things. And, and that kind of broad sweeping benefit can't, uh, you, you can't say that about many things you do in life, uh, not in the health world and, 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 and not otherwise. So anyway, at the end of the, of my research, I came across a book called Sauna Therapy for Detoxification and Healing by Dr. Lawrence Wilson, a, a wonderful man uh, for, to whom I'm eternally grateful. He, he was talking about this sauna using incandescent heat lamps. And then, and then he has a little plan in his book. And, and so I basically built my own and, and used it twice, one, one time before bed, then the next day before bed. And I woke up and felt that my insomnia had been cured. It just it wasn't an issue anymore, and it was only in a, a couple of sessions. It was that was astonishing to me, and so that 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 gave me the impetus to kind of continue with this. And so I used it for six months, four or five times uh, a week, with long forty forty five minute sessions. And and it was then after six months that I realized, holy cow, I've had this total qualitative improvement in my health. And it was only then that I realized I had what appeared to be Adrenal fatigue, uh, adrenal fatigue symptoms. Now, of course, that's self-diagnosed, but I had all those classic things. And who cares about the diagnosis and these, you know, uh, these names that are driven by ego? All these, all these disease names that we like to label people with and uh, and codify people with. The, the, there was something in my body that wasn't working right. And um, using this very strange type of sauna, using incandescent light bulbs. I conquered all of this and I did it, you know, totally non-invasively without any chemicals or, or, or drugs or really any conventional therapies at all. And so that was, uh, that was kind of the start of it. Um, I, I, I realized that all of a sudden I was less irascible, more patient, um, uh, had much, um, much improved clarity of mind, much improved mood and sleep patterns. And, and those are qualitative, you know, uh, gains that, um, just changed my, changed my life. They, they changed everything, how you interact with people, uh, how you 
succeed in business, how you, how you, you know, how you interact with your loved ones, just everything for me was totally changed. And I, and I looked around, I couldn't believe that there's not a product uh, that you could buy you know, a commercial version of this that was, that was nice. And of course that was seven years ago and there was no product and I began to develop it and uh, I found it's on a space on my own in my house. And I was, you know, I was dumpster diving at the, at the, uh, at the appliance store in their dumpster to get refrigerator boxes that I was cutting inside out to make it look like a retail box. And I took every saw I handmade uh, down to Kinko's and, and shipped it myself and, and, and kind of started from there and slowly bootstrapped it and got my own, uh, got my own small business export loan um, in the first year and moved into this shop that, you know, smelled dusty and empty. And I was all by myself with this, all of this, all of this funding from the business loan. And it was, uh, you know, I was, I was kind of shivering. I was kind of quaking. I was like, what do I do now? <laughs> well, you've and, come from uh, humble but, but beginnings. Was, I'm sorry. I said, you've come from humble beginnings, like a lot of, you know, great products, you know, or, you know, uh, innovations, you know, they come from not only a need, you know, but they start small and, and start just the way that you said, and they have a vision. Right. And one of the things that you talked about, the importance of helping, you know, uh, people discover their pathway to healing. You know, when I was uh, maybe, oh, gosh, years ago when I first started my massage practice in Canada, it was one of the um, top health clubs. And there used to be uh, my treatment room used to be steps from the hot tub. And on the other side of the swimming pool, there was the sauna. And there used to be a group of these old European dudes that would go there and they had like this ritual. They would go in the sauna and then they would do a dip in the cold pool and then they'd go back in the sauna and then they would go into the hot tub and then they would go back in the cold pool and they would do this um, like this little ritual and it was like clockwork and on a regular basis. And it's initially, I think, Europeans seem to uh, be ahead of the game when we think about some of these more natural healing modalities. Now, back in that day and age, though, we were looking at, um, uh, if we thought one sauna, there's only like one kind of sauna, but now we know that there are different types of saunas. When I was at the cancer clinic, one of the things that we used at the clinic was uh, a near-infrared sauna. It wasn't like a regular sauna. Can you go over the difference between the different types of saunas and what exactly the difference is? Yeah, so, so most people are familiar with the classic Finnish sauna, either wood-fired or uh, or electric, or, or ones that have an electric coil heater in it that has you know takes a lot of power, and you you basically has hot rocks on the top, and you splash water on it. Those are kind of the classic saunas where you're using this really hot air around you to heat the body up conductively and get it to get it to sweat, and then we have all these benefits than when we sweat passively certainly during the therapy and afterwards as well. Uh, that was the, that's the original. And the sweat lodges, of course, uh, and, and the things I described initially, that's the original sauna. Um, then, uh, interestingly, and I'm going to come back to what we do here at Sauna Space, the incandescent sauna in a second, but in, in the 60s, either the 60s or the 70s, they came out with the farm for emitter. So it was a long, skinny 
tubular emitter that emitted uh, heat using low-energy far-infrared wavelengths. So these are the really long wavelength uh, portion of infrared. And it was a nice, it, it was really advantageous versus the Finnish sauna because one, it didn't use much electrical power compared to the hot rock saunas. And two, it was dry and the air temperature was lower. So it was, it was more comfortable for people. So it didn't and, and burn that, your that nose when you breathe? more energy efficient electrically, you kind of, but, but they also were able to, uh, this type of bulb is long and skinny. So it fit in a shallow, narrow lamp housing uh, fixture that could fit in the wall of a wood sauna. And so they were able to maintain what it, the market expected to see in a sauna, which was this big wood box, but they kind of upgraded it and made it more modern. There was no concern for light therapy or photobiomodulation, which is what we're doing when we're stimulating the mitochondria. Um, and there was no concern about uh, EMF stress uh, or, or portability or anything like that. Um, and so, and so that was that became kind of the modern sauna that you see nowadays at Costco and Amazon. They're called infrared saunas. They're everywhere. They're all the same. They're all using these far infrared emitters. There's different kind of iterations of that, but it's all using the same low energy um, infrared. And all that does is heat you. It doesn't have we don't have a, a biological response to those wavelengths uh, in terms of light therapy. Uh, that these wavelengths only heat us. So it was kind of like a glorified finish sauna but more energy efficient and and dry so um but then uh you know sauna space came in and um it certainly wasn't my idea it was uh, kind of popularized by dr wilson but the original incandescent sauna dates back to uh, a guy some people some people in your audience might know called dr john harvey kellogg so in uh, so incandescent light bulbs were invented in 1887 a long time ago only three years after they they kind of came out, the, the modern version of the incandescent light bulb with the tungsten filament and it being gas sealed, uh, Dr. Kellogg looked at these and said, hey, let's make a sauna with these and we'll cure maladies and it'll be better than a, than a regular sauna. He had no idea about mitochondria. We didn't have the technology to even, you know, see at that microscopic level. But he, he knew there was something special about it. So he made these saunas and he had them at his, his sanitariums. And he wrote a book about it in 1910 called Phototherapeutics. So we were, they were talking uh, uh, about the serious clinical medical use of light therapy in 1910, way before uh, modern conventional medicine. And, and unfortunately, though, with the rise of the American Medical Association and kind of the modern medical standard of care, this, among many other alternative modalities, were forgotten and were kind of went, went into this you know, into this, uh, the abyss, into this space where no, nobody knew of them, you know, um, and, and chiropractics as well. Uh, it's come back now, but there was a time where there were no, almost no chiropractics in the U S. And so it was Dr. Kellogg who, who picked up on this and he, his saunas were, uh, this huge array of arc lamps, which is, a, you know, a certain type of incandescent bulb in these huge Victorian style wood cabinets that you stood up in and they were gigantic and, you know, very gaudy and uh, really amazing, honestly. And so I stumbled upon this. And of course, Dr. Wilson, uh, you know, kind of repopularized it. And, and what's really unique about it is it, it's not using farm for emitters. It's not using hot rock coils. It's using the incandescent light bulb itself in a very high wattage version with, with, uh, 
red-coated glass or in our particular specialized thermalite bulb that we use uh, red stained glass. And so what's interesting here is we have the heat of the regular sauna. You know, you sit in a sauna space sauna, it's super, it's super hot. You know, it definitely makes you sweat, but it's doing it at an even lower air temperature than a far infrared sauna. Uh, incandescent saunas operate at like 110 degrees. So even more tolerable, even more pleasant air temperature, but it actually makes you sweat faster because the, uh, the nature of the wavelength of light, the incandescent light bulbs emit primarily near infrared wavelengths, even though it is a broad spectrum emission, just like sunlight, where we get all of the wavelengths, just like sunlight, the incandescent bulb is uh, the, the largest plurality of the bulbs light emission is in the near infrared band. And so the near infrared, uh, certain wavelengths of near infrared are absorbed by water and, and heat you radiantly. So this, these wavelengths penetrate four or five inches into the body and heat the body from within. So it's already a better way to heat the body than a far infrared sauna or a finished sauna, and certainly a lot more tolerable experience, a lot more enjoyable experience. But, but we're not even speaking uh, about the most exciting aspect of incandescent sauna and incandescent technology, and that is uh, light therapy itself. So you mentioned that in the beginning, and there are different forms of light therapy. You know, we have blue light receptors that tell us when to, to stay awake, and we have them in our skin and in our brains and in our pineal gland, of course, in our eyes. But um, they're not as ubiquitous as actually near-infrared uh, light receptors. Near-infrared light receptors are in every mitochondria and every cell of the body except red blood cells. So mitochondria are the little powerhouses of the cell. It turns out that they have a light receptor protein that only absorbs red light that we can see and near-infrared wavelengths that we can't. And, and, and near-infrared in particular is, in contrast to red, penetrates really deeply. So if we're looking at bone tissue, the only wavelengths of light that penetrate bone tissue and stimulate those mitochondria deep inside the bones are near-infrared. And so what does this mean? What does mitochondrial stimulation mean? What, is, what does it mean when we shine near-infrared light on the mitochondria? Well, you mentioned in the beginning that it boosts cellular metabolism. It absolutely does. It also releases nitric oxide out of the cells. So you have vasodilation. You have more blood circulation that's improved, more tissue oxygenation. But you also have this uh, really uh, increasing the more well understood, fascinating array of secondary effects. They're called the mitochondrial functions. You get things like inflammatory media mediators get produced. So we reduce cell and tissue, uh, tissular inflammation immediately. You have uh, anti-aging uh, effects that occur because you start to correct the gene transcription factors and how the, how the DNA of the cell makes proteins and enzymes and also the, what's called the epigenetics, so the kind of the 3D state of the DNA, which is the blueprint of the cell. You know, it doesn't matter how many pages there are in the blueprint if, if they can't be read and, and, and made to build a home. And so that's what epigenetics is. It's, it's not just what the blueprint says. It's what's available in the blueprint to be read and, and to be built from. And so you can correct these things with light. And so it turns out, yeah, we're, you know, uh, in contrast to the more conventional medical model of us being really being biomechanical and biochemical where we, where they're using these chemicals to uh, induce changes in the body. It turns out that the, fundamentally we're much more bioelectric. We're quantum mechanical. So if you talk about quantum, the, the most fundamental quantum healing uh, in our human experience, it's the near infrared light from the sun. 43% of sunlight is near infrared. 
which is another uh, kind of misnomer that people have. People think, oh, the sun's bad. There's too much ultraviolet. Ultraviolet's damaging. It is. But ultraviolet is only a small portion of sunlight. Uh, it's like 10 or uh, 10 or 15 percent or something. The largest plurality, or almost half of sun's emission, is this near-infrared stuff. The only stuff that's stimulating the, the mitochondrial healing and regeneration and anti-aging systems. And also the the wavelengths of sunlight that, that heat your body kind of from within. When you, when you lay out in the sun, you, you start to feel really warm inside and, and it's soothing. And it's, it, it has to do with the, the, the wavelengths of light themselves going deep in the body and heating you from within. So it's a, it's a, yeah. it's a different type of warmth. You know, it's, it it's much more inviting. It's much more joyful. Uh, I dare say almost embryonic with the light therapy. It, instead of you just sitting in the sweat, the sweat lodge, sweating and the air is stuffy and it's hot and it's humid. This is like, uh, you know, being back in the womb of nature. It's, 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 it's hot, but it's, it feels good. And it's, it's, it's also akin to that feeling you get in front of the bonfire and the fireplace that is not just heat hitting you. That's actually a little bit of light therapy, although at a, a low power. And so you're getting this stimulus at your cellular level that, that that's that's healing um it, it also has effects on water uh what's called structuring of water which we could talk about later but all this stuff you know could be summed up it, to you know if, if we simply say that humans eat light we're light eaters and in fact it nourishes us and it's a primary part of our ancestral experience that nowadays in modern life we're indoors we're under air conditioning. We're under artificial blue-only flickering toxic light. And we're certainly not in the sunlight. And then the little amount of time that we're out in the sun during the day, if there's sun outside, we're fully closed. So we're, we're blocking all of this, this amazing healing stimulus that's free and it's available to us every day. So, so what's so exciting about uh, what we do here at Sauna Space and using the near-infrared saunas, we're... We're, we're, we're getting all the benefits of sauna, but we're also bringing back into our lives this daily dose of near-infrared that we used to get from, you know, sunlight when we lived at the equator, naked, kind of running around all day long, you living that ancestral lifestyle. Let's talk a little bit about um, light because it is a, a good, comp um, you know, the major component of how you create heat and how you're using it in your system. You know, light has many therapeutic, you know, benefits. What are some of the things that benefit the most by light therapies or some of the conditions that arise as far as light deprivation? I know my cousin, as a result of being deprived in Canada of, you know, our light, we don't have exposure to sunlight. Plus, we're not walking around like we are in California in shorts and, and sleeveless shirts, you know, so you're in long clothes. Like you said, you don't have that sun exposure. And she would go through bouts of depression but depression is really only one physiological uh, thing that can occur you know from light deprivation can you talk about any of the things that you've come across as far as light deprivation well yeah I mean depression is a kind of a full-blown uh, diagnosis but uh, in general you, you, you know it affects your mood um, um, not just deprivation, deprivation of light, but exposure to you know, unnatural light. Let's call it uh, artificial modern light. So 
too much blue light is stressful. Uh, it's associated with actually with permanent free radical, you know, permanent damage to your DNA. That's why people wear blue light blockers now for folks who work at the computer all day long because they're trying to reduce this unnatural, unnaturally enormous exposure to blue-only wavelengths. Blue is, if, if everybody remembers on the spectrum, Roy G. Biv, uh, blue is next to violet, which is next to ultraviolet. So blue and ultraviolet are kind of the same thing. They're very high-energy killer wavelengths from sunlight. Uh, they cause free radical formation. Ultraviolet is ionizing, so it's it, it, it rips your DNA apart and it you know rips electrons off um, of molecules. But blue light uh, has a, its own free radical formation effect and leads to uh, eventually to DNA damage and stuff. So it's um, it's it's not bad necessarily when it comes in sunlight because as the sun is delivering these killer wavelengths of ultraviolet and blue, you're simultaneously getting red and especially near infrared and they're regenerating you simultaneously. And then if you think about ancestral humans, you woke up at sunrise, the sunrise is red. It's, uh, there's, there's the, the ratio of near infrared and red to blue and ultraviolet is really high. And then that ratio gets flipped in midday when the sun is above our heads. But at least in midday, you know, we rest under the shade of the tree and we have hair on our heads to protect us. And especially humans weren't sunbathing at the beach, you know, with sunscreen on at 1 p.m. necessarily. Uh, they were out in the mid in the morning and certainly out in the evening. But in midday, they kind of, you know, they, they try to protect themselves from getting too much, blue, uh, you know, blue ultraviolet dominant sunlight. And then, of course, at, at sunset, what happens again? Uh, the sky turns red. It turns orange. And that's because blue light is higher frequency, more energetic, more... Uh, more high energy light and it travels faster. So it ends at the end of the day faster and red and near infrared are slower. So they get to us. They're the last thing we get at the end of the day. And so the sunset is red and that's why ancestral humans among, you know, from other reasons as well, watch the sunrise and the sunset every day. And there's, there's a lot of spiritual um, benefit to it, but there's absolutely a physiological biological benefit to this. And, and we need it every day. And so when we don't get it, we get, we get sad. We get depressed. Uh, and if you look at studies with worms and, and stuff, and, um, they, and you shine blue-only light on them, they try to get away from it. They basically crawl to the ends of the earth to escape the blue-only light. But they like red light, and they like near-infrared. And that's because all animals have this basic, this primal light therapy system of the mitochondria. Every animal has it, you know, and it's a... Uh, a billion-year-old system where this, this symbiosis was developed between the, the single-cell organism and the mitochondria. It has its own DNA. It has its own energetic systems. Uh, and it turns out it does a lot more. People were taught in high school it's just, a, it's just a power plant. It just produces energy, and that's how animals can move fast. But it turns out it's actually a cellular healer. It, uh, it talks to the DNA with near-infrared wavelengths. And it, uh, it has a role in anti-aging. It has a role in, de in, in, in regeneration of the cell and cell growth and um, all these amazing, wonderful things. It's, it's an intelligent actor in there. And it's so easy to trigger and activate with near-infrared. Um, and so you asked, like, well, what people are doing with light therapy nowadays, if you just go onto the PubMed, look into, uh, you know, the, uh, into the research, if you just search LLLT, You'll find five or six thousand, over five thousand.
studies now on using red and near-infrared wavelengths primarily to, uh, to, to heal and ameliorate diseases and, and symptoms. So reduction of neuropathy, uh, um, uh, recovery from traumatic brain injury, from stroke, from heart attack, um, you know, different damages to the nervous system. Um, um, for it's, it's being used for wound healing, for reduction of inflammation. Um, and, and I dare say it's, 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 uh, it's, it's really what staves off the, the depression. Now I'm not a healthcare provider and I don't, you know, I of course can't give medical advice. This is just my analysis of, of the research, but, uh, in, in the medical world, when you get depressed and due to lack, uh, of, of sun exposure, they call it SADS seasonal affective disorder and, and they prescribe a fluorescent blue flickering light bulb. Um, there's different brands of them. They're called SADS lamps. And, but that, what that is, is it, it's a, it's an energetic stimulus. It gives you a dopamine response. It gets you excited, but it gets you jacked up and puts you into a fight or flight, even more stress state when really what you need is the healing influence um, and the calming parasympathetic influence of, of near infrared. And so we have people using our products, uh, you know, with, with great impact, uh, you know, in this area, um, right now. So my, my personal opinion is that it's near infrared we're missing. And again, if you look at sunlight, well, we got every day, 43% is near infrared. It's um, the very small amount is blue and ultraviolet. So, and I could go on and on. If you, if you look at near infrared light and red light studies for the skin, it, uh, it's being used to treat um, psoriasis, acne, alopecia, um, scar reduction, uh, burns, you know, from, from, from sun damage, Well, which is also interesting. So there's a lot of research showing that near-infrared and red are the antidote to blue and ultraviolet. And it's kind of like I mentioned before, you, when you get it from sunlight, you get both. The red and near-infrared are galvanizing you and, and protecting you from the damaging free radical inducing influence of blue and ultraviolet. And so you, um, you can kind of, um, I think like Dr. Jack Cruz uh, refers to this as a sun callus. And this is a real thing. You can, even if you're pale skinned, you can wake up really early and get really early morning sunlight and you can develop, um, a callus of sorts, a, a kind of a, um, a protection from the ultraviolet. And, and if you do this continually, you reduce your risk and you reduce the, the ability of your body to burn from ultraviolet uh, light from the sun. And so you don't burn as much. Uh, it's fascinating stuff. And so, so we're using this clinically, you know, uh, for, for a while now. And you mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, the cold laser, I believe 830 nanometers is what you said. Yes. So yeah, uh, 830 nanometers is, near infrared that's right in the middle of near infrared so it's a near infrared laser you're 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 using a really high power really high dose of one wavelength to get a you know a targeted effect in that deep muscle or that joint or wherever you're using it and and we're kind of doing the same thing at sauna space doing near infrared sauna but we're doing a lower power and a more broad spectrum instead of just saying okay this is vitamin c we'll take it out of of the plant and fractionate it and concentrate it and give you this uh, we're saying, no, we, we're not going to do that. We're going to give you the orange. We're going to give you the synergy of the natural form, uh, which is uh, really light therapy and heat therapy wedded together. So it's, it's kind of, it's almost heretical to say, especially to people who 
know sauna and have tried Finnish sauna and are huge sauna enthusiasts, uh, this is this is a this is kind of a better sauna. It's a it's almost a, it's more akin to our original ancestral sauna experience, which is really our experience with sunlight. You know, and that's a really good point because it's not only just using a mechanism to create heat in the body, but it's using the mechanism using light. And again, when that light hits, you know, the iris of the eye and hits the pineal gland, it helps to regulate the mood uh, hormones or sleep hormones and help to deal with um, insomnia. Now, when I was um, at the cancer clinic, one of the things that we used for detoxification was the near-infrared sauna. And that's really when I became a little bit more educated that, wait a second, there is a different wavelength and it has a greater therapeutic value. Now, when someone is going through cancer therapy, sometimes they go through chemo and radiation and their body um, takes on all these toxic chemicals. Can you talk a little bit about the role that detoxification plays and how we can use, you know, a sauna space um, for detoxification? Yeah, it's, it's, it's very, I like the car analogy a lot. It's, People treat their cars better than they treat their bodies, unfortunately, in many cases. Um, anything that's foreign that doesn't belong in the car it makes it not run as well. It, it makes it run a little less optimally, but the car still putt-putts along. And you can not change the oil and not change out any of the parts and not give it good gas and, and so on and so forth. The car will still drive for a long time, just as the human body is incredibly resilient, has a lot of constitution, and it can go for a long time. But eventually, and, but you see symptoms slowly but surely. You know the, you know the the, the brakes get sloppy and and, uh, and and so forth. But then it's all good until one day, oh no, the transmission blows out and you have a full blown disease like we do on our body. And that and it's only then that we look back and we see, you know, or, or maybe we don't, but but um, we perhaps see how we got to this point. And it's, it's that uh, there's all these things in the, in the um, modern life that are poisoning us. And it's things we see and things we don't. And it's, uh, it's from all things in life. And it's anything that doesn't belong in the body is a toxin. So that's heavy metals, petrochemicals, plastics. Uh, but it's even uh, biological metals like copper and iron that are not bound into an enzyme site. They're free. If they're floating around on their own, they're, they're acting as free radicals. Uh, you know, Dr. Wilson talks about how uh, many people often have an iron toxicity because we get so much synthetic iron, you know, added to uh, various products in our diet. Um, that That's also an issue. And so it's all this complex system and every cell, you know, trillions of cells in the body, each one has, you know, hundreds of thousands of little molecular actors going on and anything that's in there that shouldn't be in there is clogging things up and making it not work well. And so you get, you know, you get a little, you get a little bit, um, you have, you just low, lower energy and maybe you don't sleep as well. And, and, and for me, I started to get this weird acne on my torso and, um, you know, it was a little, a little bit of brain fog. And I think a lot of people can identify with brain fog nowadays. And, and, uh, and, and now we have a lot of really bizarre exposures to chemicals like uh, aluminums being used as preservatives, mercury is being used as preservatives, modern forms of nanochemicals 
they're designed to penetrate really quickly into the body. Um, and it's all, all these things slowly but surely degrade us. So what can we do? Um, well, we can clean ourselves up. We can cleanse our bodies. And, and so how do we do that? Well, the ancients understood this. They did it with sauna. When you sit and sweat passively, unlike at the gym on the treadmill, you're, you're energizing your body. You're putting all this energy in there and you're heating it up and you have what's called a heat shock protein response. It is the fundamentally the most powerful way to detox anything and everything out of the cells. And then if we're sitting in the sauna, these cellular, you know, heat shock therapy actors that are doing cell, de- helping cell detox, they're helping get stuff out of the cell. And then because we're sweating passively, we get a lot of excretion of, of toxins via the sweat. And some of it goes through the adrenals, liver, and kidneys, of course, and some of it's reabsorbed. But if we're not sweating, um, we're not using the skin at all as a detoxifier. And it turns out it's the largest organ in the body. It detoxifies really well. We're still researching this, but, you know, there's a recent bus study in the, only in the last few years that showed for the first time that you could sweat out mercury. Uh, so, so it seems the more we look at it, you can kind of get rid of almost everything via sweating. And when we get rid of the, these in foreign actors that are in our cells, these toxins, things work better. And when you f- cleanse the cells uh, and, and rejuvenate them and, and restructure them with, with heat shock protein, you know, with, with heat therapy, uh, you get cellular rejuvenation, which leads to tissular rejuvenation, which leads to systemic improvements. And so we, if we look at sauna studies, we see so many amazing uh, systemic benefits uh, in not in cell culture studies, but in real human studies like reduction of risk of Parkinson's, reduction of risk of Alzheimer's, uh, reduction of risk of stroke, reduction of risk of heart disease. That was the 20-year study I referenced earlier. Uh, it, it's, it's such a wide array of uh, effects because it's not like taking a drug or even taking an herb or a supplement. You're not targeting one thing. You're activating a, a built-in cellular uh, cleansing and rebuilding system, and all you have to do is heat it up. And so what we're saying is, hey, let's do that, but let's also stimulate the mitochondria with the near-infrared light too. And we have more energy to help detox, and we certainly have synergy at, uh, on so many levels with so many things, not to mention structure of water and other more quantum mechanical effects that are, uh, they all, uh, you know, they all accumulate to this uh, amazing you know, this is really the most most amazing way you could spend your 20 minutes to keep yourself healthy in this super toxic world. No question about it. And after we talk about detox, we need to talk about um, protein refolding and this whole other thing that pro, that heat shock proteins do to repair um, cellular functioning and protein functioning. So it's 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 amazing. And and, and the ancients understood this. We're just as long as we've taken this to the next level. We're saying. Let's heat our bodies up faster. Let's get a sweat faster with the light therapy at a lower air temperature, which makes it, uh, by the way, more tolerable. Um, I think that's one of the reasons they use near-infrared sauna specifically in, in, in cancer and some, you know, like the Hope for Cancer, which you mentioned before, and others as well. Um, uh, we're also uh, pretty popular in, in, the, in the Terry Walls community. Dr. Terry Walls is Walls Warriors, uh, all the MS folks dealing with MS. These folks are super heat sensitive. They don't control their body temperature very well. Um, they have all kinds of neuropathies and co-infections and other issues. They're very debilitated. 
they all need sauna desperately, but they can't handle regular sauna. Uh, but it turns out they can handle a, a sauna space style sauna, low air temperature, titrating up to 20 minute sessions. Um, and, and the light therapy too. I think the light therapy makes it definitely more, more tolerable and more accessible. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, people are, if people are out there looking for detox solutions, there is nothing more fundamentally effective for all the cells in the body, all the systems, all the organs than sauna, and I would say near-infrared sauna in particular. When you look at uh, sweating as well as far as the physiological, you know, benefit of sweating, you know, many times when we get an infection or we get sick, you know, our body temperature rises and that's one of the things that produces a sweat and we get like that fever and that's one of the things that helps to kill viruses and bacteria and increases leukocytes, which help to strengthen our immune system. So I think even when people like are sick, it's a good way to help to jumpstart that immune system as well. Now, you know, using it in detox programs, you know, it's used a lot uh, in that form as far as chronic disease, pain relief, as you mentioned, cardiovascular conditioning, because when you talk about the cardiovascular system, you're talking about the highways that, you know, bring oxygen into the cell and nutrients and waste products out of the cell. So, um, and metabolism, you know, you mentioned that even by passively sitting in the sauna, you know, these are some of the things that can actually boost your body's ability to burn fat or your, increase your metabolism. Have you experienced that as well? Oh, yeah. Well, I, I personally, uh, I've always been kind of skinny, but uh, <laughs> it's, it's absolutely a, a, another intriguing, uh, another exciting uh, benefit of, of doing sauna is you, people should appreciate that the body hides toxins in fat. It's a way to lock it down and, and keep it from the toxin from damaging the rest of the body and kind of stow it away. And so when you want to lose unwanted body fat, the, it's, it's necessarily a detoxification um, that needs to occur and, and, and a stressful one. So we want to do that in the, in the most gentle, least stressful way possible. We don't want to try to lose weight by running at the gym. Um, we can achieve all those kind of... Uh, calorie burning and uh, increased metabolism benefits and, and, and actually uh, weight, uh, you know, fat loss, fat burning in the sauna, doing nothing, sitting on your lazy butt in there. And, and it turns out it, it's actually a lot more effective um, if you think about it than, than high-intensity exercise for losing weight because not just of the detox issue, but because of what's increasingly um, – prevalent in almost everybody now in, in the western in the western world and that is insulin resistance so it seems like insulin resistance is a huge factor in almost every disease uh so many of us suffer from it and when we have insulin resistance it means that the insulin hormone doesn't bind well to the insulin receptor protein on the outside of the cell so we have decreased um insulin signaling we have more insulin resistance and insulin resistance is a precursor to to diabetes and, and, and leads to obesity and, and, and you know, it's, it's so many other problems. So if you tell a, a person who's really fat, hey, um, you know what, start running on the treadmill right now. We're going to change your diet to keto and we're going to get rid of all these carbs. They still struggle with losing weight. 
And that's because they're so insulin resistant, their body is stuck in this toxic homeostasis and they're, they're, they're stuck where they are. And, and this basic signaling system of their body, the insulin system, doesn't work well. Well, it turns out that sauna is being shown to reduce insulin resistance. And so I find this to be super fascinating. This is something that I've more recently understood about sauna in the last uh, couple of years or so. This other role of the heat shock protein. The, uh, these little heat shock proteins that get activated when you heat up the cell in the sauna are, detox, are helping detox the cell. They're helping um, immune bodies get to you know, those viruses, those, those heavy metals, and help get them out of the cell. But they're also refolding proteins. So 20 or 30% of the proteins in our bodies for most people are, are misfolded. And if you've seen proteins ever on a, in a biology class, it's like this really complicated wad of ribbons and, and buckles and belts and stuff and, and all these complicated folds. And so if one or two folds is not done right, it, the, the whole thing might not work well or not work at all. And that's the case with the insulin receptor protein. So the heat shock protein that we, when we heat up the, the cell in the sauna heat shock protein gets produced by the nucleus. It goes out of the cell. It fixes the insulin receptor protein on the outside and the insulin can bind better. So we improve insulin uh, signaling and reduce insulin resistance, which has a, you know, has uh, dramatic global effects on, on disease and on rejuvenation. So here now we're not just cleansing the cells. We're actually rebuilding them. We're rebuilding them by looking at the proteins, the kind of the line workers of the cells and saying, we don't, you know, we don't have to just deal with these being all messed up and folded and, and de-optimized. We can repair them. We can re-optimize them. We can rebuild them. And so when we do that, we, you know, we, we have a way that, you know, uh, not, it's not, not necessarily a panacea. I hesitate to use that word, but we have a, we have a way of improving cellular functioning and cellular rejuvenation and cleansing the cell um, that works for every cell in the body and is achievable by doing this really basic, simple practice of sitting in front of these near-infrared lamps and, and letting the body sweat. And so there's, there's implications for weight loss, um, safe, um, you know, fat burning, but also uh, also, you know, amelioration of disease and, and all the things we've ever talked about. But also, this is not just for the, the, those who have serious illness. This is for everybody. This Athletes. improves cognitive functioning. One of the very well-demonstrated benefits of sauna. This stuff makes you think better. And that was, or, or it clears up your brain fog and gives you clarity of mind. It gives you that, that kind of more that Zen focus that, and that flow state that we call that it's not a thing of Zen masters. It's, it's a power that is within every human being. We have all this baked into our DNA. We're all kind of super beings. If we could just unclog ourselves and, and, and put ourselves back to, you know, where we were ancestrally. And so that's kind of, I think, the big difference with, with what I'm doing here is, uh, I, is I'm saying, let's not just do sauna. Let's not just do light therapy. Let's take a naturalistic approach to all this. Let's trick the body into thinking it's in its natural human environment as much as we possibly can. So the heat is important. The, the near-infrared light is important, but important, too, is the quality of light. This is broad-spectrum light that mimics a broad-spectrum natural curve emission, just like sunlight, uh, which is also an incandescent light source. So that's why we call this incandescent bulb. 
But unlike sunlight, there's no ultraviolet from this bulb. And the small amount of blue light is actually completely filtered by the red glass. So we have like this beautiful wide healing component of sunlight without any of the problematic wavelengths. And, uh, and then the rest of kind of sauna space is design and, and how it's made up with EMF mitigation and, and, and the look and the kind of back to nature feel of it. It's all it's trying to get you back into that, that tribal, um, you know, that ancestral mindset of, of, of light, heat, healing, um, being, being away from things, being away from artificial light, artificial sounds, artificial stimulus. You, you know, you have a lot of these saunas that they have like glass doors on them and they look really beautiful. But can you imagine yourself sitting in your sauna at home and your kids are running around the living room in front of you or wherever and there's all these distractions, the TV's running, the, the artificial lights are all on. We want to get away from that. The more we get away from that, the more we can simulate and recreate the natural context, uh, I think the, the more effective the therapy is, the more, the more valuable the experience is. You know, it's interesting. Um, when I first uh, uh, tried your sauna, I experienced um, that, oh my gosh, I can't believe how fast I'm sweating and how much I'm sweating in a short amount of time. And I'm not, you know, I, I don't have problems with the heat and the breathing because of that out, uh, outside exposure and whatnot. And the other thing is, is I've learned, I've started to use it also because having uh, had exposure for um, cervical cancer in the past and other health conditions, I'm also mindful of creating a healing ritual. And during that time is also a really great um, opportunity to do uh, meditation or listen to subliminal music as well so that you can do multiple things as well as um, stay really hydrated as well during the time that you're in there. So can you give us our our listeners, um, you know, a tip on how they can use sauna therapy to get the greatest therapeutic value? Let's talk about um, how often, how long, um, for starters. Yeah, yeah, like like the nuts and bolts, like practically, how, how do you get from here to there? Well, uh, anytime you use the sauna, you want to Heat the body up enough that it sweats profusely for five or ten minutes. Dr. Dietrich Klinghart would say five minutes of strong sweating is enough. Some people argue for more. And so it's just the, the depending on the heat source you're using, it's going to take shorter or longer to get that, get that done. In, in, in the sauna space sauna with near-infrared light, especially with my new thermal light bulbs, that I don't think you've tried yet, Annette, but um, we'll, we'll talk afterwards. Maybe I can send some to you. Um, okay. So I've developed my own thermalite bulb. I, I basically I, I brought back this hand-blown, red-stained, hard-tempered glass uh, approach that hasn't been done in many, many decades. But I also redesigned the filament to run hotter. So actually, my thermalite bulbs emit even more near-infrared, uh, almost twice as much as a standard heat lamp. But even with the standard heat lamp, you um, you heat the body up really fast. And so in the sauna space sauna with thermalites, in 10 minutes, you'll be sweating really strongly. And by 20 minutes, you're done. You've got your 10 minutes of sweating and it feels amazing. You're pouring sweat. You're done. That is the goal of any sauna session. If you have only access to a sauna at the gym, same thing. It'll probably take you 40 minutes or 30, 30 or 40 minutes to achieve the same uh, kind of level of sweat response. But that is the goal. When you've done that, you've raised cell temperature three degrees for a period of minutes. You have all this amazing heat shock protein activity. 
and you're getting as much of the toxins as you can out of the skin. And of course, it's important to not do it too much. So this is hormetic stress. There's an okay. ideal amount of stress we can get. We want to get enough to get a maximal biological beneficial response, but too much will heat us up too much. So okay, in a regular sauna, you do maximum of an hour. Okay. Well, okay. we're almost coming to a close on the program here, but I just wanted to um, give our listeners a, a quick idea of like, you know, what type of an investment does it take um, to have one of these saunas? I put one in my little, in my spare room. It's awesome because it's portable. I can break it down. If I go to the mountains, I can take it with me. If I do a, re- a retreat for my clients, I can take it with me. What is the investment on uh, a home unit that you have? It, it depends. We we have uh, we have a portable one light product called the Photon that um, you know is, is in the hundreds, and and then we have our saunas. Uh, we have that, that range from you know a thousand up to um, you know our, our high end saunas, our Faraday sauna. That's on the high end. Um, but this is this is something that is very accessible, and people can start out with the most basic stuff, only in a few hundreds of dollars to get a taste and a feel for it. And with sauna space anyway, we, we offer a 100-day trial and free shipping both ways. So I, I personally don't want you to have it if you don't like it. But I want you to take a long time, a couple of months, and make sure you really, really like it because it takes a minute to get into it and to do that, that session. And ideally, you want to do it three or four times a week. All the sauna studies indicate that the more we do sauna per week, the better. The more longevity we have, the proportionally... Uh, reduce all cause mortality we have. So, um, as long as we control each sauna session and just do what we need to get that nice sweat response, ideally we'd be doing it every day. All right. Well, I want to thank you so much for spending some time with us on the program here at Health in Action Live and educating our listeners on how they can uh, improve the quality of their health and their well being by getting their sweat on. Um, thanks again for being on the program. If you are interested in learning a little bit more about Sauna Space, you can log on to, uh, you can shoot me a text. If you have any other questions, uh, saunaspace.com, or you can um, email Annette at healthinactionlive.com, and we'll get you hooked up. Thank you again, Brian, so much for spending some time with us on the program, and we'll talk soon. Yeah, thank you, and it's been wonderful. I can't believe how how fast the time has passed. This was a great conversation. Time flies when you're having fun, and you know I'd like to stay in touch with you and uh, the new exciting things that are coming in the future with Sauna Space and all the awesome work that you're doing to uh, you know make your mark and contribute to people's health and well-beings. Thank you for being a guest. Well, thank you. Yeah, we'll, uh, we're not going anywhere. we got more exciting stuff coming for sure. So we'll come back and we'll talk again. All right. Thank you so much. And for those of you that tuned in, you were listening to Health in Action Live at bbsradio.com slash health in action live if you are interested in hearing any uh new topics that you might be interested in shoot me an email at annette at health and action live.com thank you so much for tuning in to the program and have a blessed and healthy day bye for now <laughs>